Here we go. Let's get settled in. Time in the Word. Amen. Come on. Find your spot. Come on. Right here. Got to go. Got to go. Anyway, we'll go anyway. How about it? Here we go. Let's go to God's Word this morning. Y'all ready? Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. They just having a little time of prayer, loving on one of us. Fine. I can wait about this long. You know I'm an impatient guy. Y'all know this, right? At least you met me. Now you know. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. Here we go. Let's go to God's Word. Appreciate it. In a series called Today, it's all I have. Say that with me. Today, it's all it's all I have. Today will be my last message in this one. We're going to move into uh, some new messages on overcoming, being an overcomer in Christ. Looking at some scriptures. I like that. I like to to uh, move forward and be strong, be moving out there into the future in my life. So we're going to talk about that. Who am I in Christ? All that kind of stuff coming up next week. But today, let's finish this one up. Super Bowl Sunday. Today's all I have. So today's title of the message. Let's go, Roger. We're rolling. Now, if you've not been with me before, I use this big screen. Roger adds all kind of pretty pictures. It makes it interesting. Amen? But I'm from the country, and I stay just like me. But anyway, let's go with it. Today's message is titled, Winning the Game of Your Life. Say that with me. Winning the Game of Your Life. Would you say my life? Winning the Game of My Life. There's a big game tonight. It's called the Super Bowl. I'm blessed to still have interaction and a part on the ball field every Friday night with Lemon Bay High School. And I'm on the sidelines screaming and stuff like that. And uh, it's great. But there's a big game tonight, and it's the Super Bowl. And uh, it is the biggest event to be televised that's going to be seen all year long around the world. The commercials cost way more money if you want a commercial run during the Super Bowl. It's crazy because, you know, they have so many viewers. These men, 32 teams, have worked hard all season. And it comes down to two, and after tonight it will come down to one. And so a lot of eyes are on it. The Super Bowl tonight. But I want to keep pushing me, buddy. Just keep going. Winning the game of your life today. Keep going. Just keep going. We're going to go. We got to go. Keep moving me, brother. Thank you, man. Every player tonight, almost every one of them will say this. They will say this. This is the game of my life. This is the game of my life. Now, some of them have been in the Super Bowl before, like Patrick Mahomes. But Jalen Hurts ain't been there. On the Philadelphia side. And a lot of the players that were on the cheat on the Kansas City team before when they won several years ago, they're not there anymore. They're different because they get traded. And a lot of these guys are newbies coming on. And it's been a while since Philadelphia's in the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. So most of those guys hadn't been there either. But they'll say about this game, this is the game of our life tonight. They'll be saying that in the locker room, the, 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 the speakers that come in. They'll be talking to them, this is it. Give it all. Last chance. It's over tonight. Leave it all on the field. This is the game of your life. You've worked so hard to get here. Years, some of you. Been in the league for years. And you finally made it to the big dance stage tonight. And they think it's the game of their life. Their life will be different because of this game. You might not realize that. You might not give a hoot. Because I really don't either. I love football. But I do know their, their life will be changed tonight. Both of both participants tonight on either side have a whole lot more money than they had a few weeks ago. Just making it here gives you all kinds of money. 
Whether you win or lose tonight, you'll always be able to say the rest of your life, no matter where you go, people are going to want to hear you, meet you, talk to you, because you played in the Super Bowl. Also, if you win the game, you're going to get that Super Bowl ring. No matter where you go, people are going to look at that thing. That's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl. So their life is going to be changed. So they'll say tonight is the game of my life. But I want to tell you something, and, and it's going to have viewership. Man, there will be people watching this game from all over the world, millions and millions and millions of people. But it's not the biggest game. It's not the biggest game. Come back down to earth. Can we come back down to earth? It's football. I love football. Love it. But it's football. There's something more important than this game tonight, and it's the game of my life. Did you hear me or not? The game of my life is more important than anything else, and the game of your life. So today's message is called Winning the Game of Your Life, and I'd like to look at it. Now, let's go. Winning the Game of My Life is a much bigger deal. It's played on a much larger scale. You might say, what do you mean, my life? Nobody knows me. How's my, my life's game bigger than the Super Bowl? All right? I mean, they're going to have millions, millions of people watching. And me? Nobody watches me. Well, that's because you don't know your Bible. you got a big old crowd watching you. Who's watching me? I'm glad you asked. Let's go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Would you say it with me, that, that white part? Wherefore, seeing... We are compassed about with so great a cloud of... That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to witness that game. We'll watch it somewhere. Some will be in the stands. But the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of people watching tonight. But we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people don't understand this scripture. You need to understand this. You know who's watching the game tonight of your life and today? Moses, David, Daniel. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all okay? Stay with me, just right here. You know who's watching the game, Pastor? Your daddy, your mama, your daughter. Watching the game. Just think my mama, my mama, cheering me on. Cheering me on. You hear me or not? Y'all hear me or not? We are surrounded by millions and millions and even billions in the heavens that are looking down saying, You can make it, Clark. Get your head up. You can do it, man. Don't quit. Are y'all here? Have I put you to sleep or something? Y'all all right? That is the game of my life. I'm compassed with a great cloud of witnesses. When it comes to winning the game of my life, there's a, there's a lot of talent, though, on both sides of the field. As I play this game of life, and I want you to just think about it like that. Just go with me a little bit. The game of my life. There's talent as I go down this path of life. And it's not all good, guys. It's not all good. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Christ. And as I go through my life, there's some talent on both sides of the field. The first one that enters the field is number 58. Number 58. That's 1 Peter 5.8. That's where I got the 58 from. Guys, you're in a fight for your life. I'm in a fight for my life to live for Christ. Okay? Like Joel talked about, we're all sinners. I'm as screwy as any of you in this room. 
And it's a fight. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeks. He goes around walking about seeking whom he may devour. So there's number 58 in my game of life that wants to wreck my life, ruin my life. Did you hear me? And there's this great cloud of witnesses watching. They're not just watching. They're like when we're at a ball game. We don't just sit there. We cheer. We say terrible things sometimes to the ball game. I can hear my mama sometimes saying some bad things. Like, I'm going to knock you out as soon as you get up here. Because the way I, I put my head down, I won't try hard or something like that. Or I won't believe in myself. I won't believe that I matter, that I have value. Man, I, I haven't heard her voice audibly, but it may as well have been like that. Because I know she's saying, I am going to knock you out. Can you imagine that's who you're surrounded with? But we have an adversary, the devil. He wants to devour us. That's number 58. But somebody else is on the field of my life. And that's number 44. Amen? Number 44 is 1 John 4.4. 4. 44. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them. Say it with me. Because greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. That is life right there. That is our life as a believer. 58 or 44. What's it going to be? Well, that's up to you. That's up to you if you're going to win the game of your life. Y'all cool so far? You hear me or not? You know, he's talking football. I don't know what he's talking about. How hard is this? Winning the game of my life. The game of my life is seen by a whole lot more people than the Super Bowl crowd. Moses, like I said, David, you think about it. The apostles, the apostles, Peter, James, John, Stephen, Stephen, who was martyred for Christ. There are people in that great cloud of witnesses watching us. The Bible says they love not their life to the end. They were boiled in oil for their faith in Christ. The Bible says they were cut asunder with saws because they would not turn their back on Jesus Christ. And what do we do? We let something bad happen. We whine all day long. We're pathetic. You hear me? Yes or no? That's not a winner. I want to win the game of my life. And sometimes life is hard because 58's coming at me every day. But I got to remember 44. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in that world, this world. So how can I win the game? We just sort of set the plate now. How can I win the game of my life? And I, since, I, since I've been around football a little while, not a great expert on it, you know that being a Vikings fan, I mean, you know right off the bat he doesn't know a thing. Huh. But anyway, how do I win the game of my life? Let's go back to football. Number one, here it is. Put it up. I got to have a great defense. I got to have a great defense. At the end of the day, somebody has to stop that other team tonight. It could be that Philly has the ball last and Kansas City's got to stop them. It could be that KC has the ball and they can go down the field and maybe win. So defense matters. You've got to have a great defense in football, but you've got to have a great defense in your life. And what do I mean by that? I must have a great defense. Let's check out the Scripture again. We looked at Hebrews chapter 12. We saw that. We're compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Say the white with me, though. Let's keep going. Let us, help me, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily 
beset us. So what is a great defense in the game of life? Are you all ready? What's a great defense in the game of life? Now, this is my message, my words. There's a lot to a defense. But I'm talking about life. I'm talking about life. How can I defend myself against 58, that wicked one? He's in this world. He's after me. He's nipping at my heels all the time. As I live my life, Satan wants to destroy my life. How can I have a great defense against him? Just a couple of thoughts, okay? Just a couple of thoughts. Pop it up, Raj. A couple of thoughts. Number one, say that out loud. Make what? You want to have a great defense against Satan in your life? Make right choices. You hear me or not? I thought it's harder than that. Nope, that's what people want to do. They want to give their money to the church, get them a little miracle or something, so they don't have to do the hard work. I'm sorry, that's not how you win in life. You win in life by doing the hard things, making right choices. Okay? Don't screw your life up. Y'all hear me? Make bad choices, screw your life. If you want to win the game of, of life, of your life, and all those witnesses are looking at you and me, and they're telling, do the right thing. Don't turn back. Stop. No. Make right choices in your life. You might say, well, how do I do that? What do I know what are right choices? Now, you got the whole Bible, okay? But let's just break it down a little bit so we can walk away here with knowing some good stuff. What are the right choices in my life, and what should I do if I want to have a great defense in life? Say that next part with me. Hate what God hates. How about we do that? Can we say it again? Hate what God hates. One more time. How can I have a great defense? One more time. Hate what God hates. You might say, well, I thought God's all about love. He is about love. He loves you so much that he, he doesn't want you to do certain things. Because Satan will eat your lunch. So let's look at them from Proverbs 6 real quick. These six things, in case you think I'm making up stuff, these six things, say it with me, does the Lord is that in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. So how do I make right choices? Well, you do that by hating what God hates. And the obvious is like what God likes. likes. Amen? But let's look in, in the defensive mode. We've got to hate what God hates. Number one, hate what? Hate pride in your life. A proud look. Does the Bible say if you are arrogant and proud, God will lift you up? Or does it say if you're humble, he'll lift you up? He will, if you humble yourself, he will lift you up. I've got to hate pride if I want to win the game of my life. Yes or no? When we get screwies, when we get full of ourselves, we think we're this. We think we deserve this. This is something I need, something I want, something that's good for me. It's, it's contrary to the Word of God. And you're arrogant. I'm arrogant when we do that. Number two, hate what kind of tongue? Make good choices. Stop being a liar. You want a good defense? Watch what you say. Don't lie. Tell the truth. You hear me or not say? That's why the church turns off so many people. It's just full of people just like the world. We just lie like a dog like they do. That's not winning the game of your life. Number three. Hands that shed innocent blood. What does that mean? Hate violence in your life. Hate violence in your life. You want to have a great defense? Watch your temper. Hate that. Hate that. I hate that. I don't want to be like this. And the crowd's cheering you and going, no, you don't. That's good. That's good. Come on, you can make it. Stop that. 
Y'all hear me? I feel like I'm talking to crazy people today. Maybe I'm him. Amen. Come on. Hate that. Hate violence. Hate, hate wanting to be like that in your life. That's not of God. That's not right. Hate that. You want a good defense? None of these things can be in your life if you're going to have a good defense. Number four, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. What's that mean? Hate wicked thoughts. How many are like me? You think about stuff, and it absolutely can ruin your day. Your head. How many heads like that? I can just start thinking about stuff. It's about the past, about something I'm going through. We gotta hate that. We gotta think on good things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why do we do that? That's not having a good defense, is it? Say. Horrible defense. When you play football, is your defense going out there saying, We can't stop them? You know, we're no good. We can't beat them. You can't think like that. You can't think that way in life. You've got to know that you're a conqueror, that number 44, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's look at another one. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Again, hate that. Hate getting off the path. Hate doing the wrong thing. Okay? Whatever that might mean. Number six, hate this. You want a great defense? A false witness that speaks lies. Hate that. What does that mean? Hate talking bad about other people. Did you hear me or not? I hate it. You do it here, I hate it. You talk about people here at this church, you hurt one another, I hate it. Got it? Where did I get that from? Take a wild guess. The what? Why don't you do that in your life? Well, I don't know. I just talk about people. Won't you shut up? How about that? That's what Moses is saying. Shut up! My mouth got me in trouble. Okay? Really? You want a great defense? This is just some basic stuff. And look at this last one. He that sows discord among the brethren. A troublemaker. Why don't you hate that in your life, being a troublemaker? Anybody know any of them? Say. Anybody? Let's say some hands. This is always fun for me. How many had some of them in your life? People want to cause you some trouble, running their mouth about you and stuff like that right there. Man, don't go down this path in your life. Make good choices. Hate what God hates. Is that okay so far? Can you win a ball game on a regular basis with just a good defense? You can win some games with just a great defense. But you will not make it to the Super Bowl with just a great defense. You've also got to have a great what? Offense. Let's look at it. Offense. Let's go on the offense. Won't take quite as long on this one. Now, don't forget, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. They are cheering me on to lift my head, to fight that good fight of faith. We made it. You can't see what we can see, Gary. You can't see what we can see. Mama's talking. You can't see what I can see. I'm okay. I'm on streets of gold. I'm up here with the Lord now. I'm living forever in eternity. You won't believe this place. You keep the good faith, Clark. You keep it, son. Keep moving. Do the right thing. We're surrounded by it. This is bigger than the game tonight. Okay? But I've got to have a great offense. Some scripture. Let's read the last part of Hebrews 12.1. So we're, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We need to lay aside every weight and sin. We need to have a good defense. But then finally, let us do what? Run the what? Race with patience that is set before us. That's offense. 
Defense, now offense. How can I have a great offense? Let us run with patience the race is set before us. How can I have a great offense? Some scripture from Philippians. Not as though I've already attained, either we're already perfect or mature, but I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Hang in here with me. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul writing this. But this one thing I do, would you say it with me? How do you have a great offense? Say this with me. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, keep going, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What does a great offense look like? Here's what a great offense ain't. I can't make it. I'm no good. I suck. Excuse my language. I, you know, my past. Look at my past. If you keep looking back there, you're never going to have a great life. I want you to win the game of your life, man. Not just me. Look at them. Wow! So what do I need to do? Could you help me? How can I have a great offense? Number one, say it with me out loud. What's behind? You cannot coach a successful football team if they're always looking back at their mistakes. When it comes game time, you've got to put the mistakes in the past, and you have got to get on that field, and you've got to dig deep and do everything you can to get that ball across that goal line. You hear me? That's the game of life. We've got to forget. I'm not saying what the, the sin in our life. I'm not saying the hurt in our life didn't happen. But you think you're going to have a great offense by, by mulling that over in your mind all the time and just continue to think about it? It's not going to work. If you want to be a winner, you've got to forget. Number two, reach, 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 reach for today. This is my life. Try hard. Reach out there every day. I want to live this day to the full. I want to live my life for Christ. I want to do the right thing. I want to have a great defense, but I want to, I want to have a good life. I matter. Say it with me. I, I have what? Value. One more time. I, I have, I'm not a piece of garbage. Some of your heads are so screwed up. It was like mine. We think we don't matter. We've been hurt in life. We think we can't make it. That's our mind. We've got to say, you know what? I've got to forget some of that crap. And I've got to reach forth to number 44. You're of God, little children. Another part of the Scripture says, I've overcome the world. But you've got to think like that. You've got to reach for some kind of new powerful, powerful thinking that we find in God's Word that we're more than conquerors through Christ. Amen? Last one. How can I have a great offense? So you've got to forget what's behind you got to reach, 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 reach. I matter. I have value. I am loved. God loves me. The Word of God, I can read it. His Spirit is with me, but I want Him to crawl up inside of me. I want Him to live through me and love through me. You've got to reach for that. It's not just going to happen. And then finally, do what? Press, press, press. You not only reach, but if you want a great offense, when it hurts, you keep going. When it hurts, you suck it up. You hear me, yes or no? When you think you can't, you say, I what? I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Press, press, press. It might mean you've got to press by getting rid of some people in your life. Negative people. 
you can't, blah, blah, you did this, how about you go away? How about that? Sometimes that's life. Got to press. That's a great offense. That's how you have a great offense. Are we done with the message, Rod? Yes or no? Nope. Just in case you was getting hungry. I do want you to think about those barbecue sandwiches tonight. You know where they cooked in the oven? The barbecue butts, I guess they call them. And you cook them real good. And then you just you tear them apart, you know, later. That's tonight. But anyway, back to the message. Here we go. So, Pastor, how can I win the game of my life? Well, first of all, realize there's a bigger crowd watching you than watching the game tonight. And they'll scan and they'll show the Hollywood stars. Like I said, Daniel's watching you. He was in a lion's den. Joshua took over for Moses. Maybe that's you in a new job. And maybe the former boss man is retired. You don't think you can make it. You need to realize Joshua's looking at you. For me, it was my mother. She was the biggest voice in my life. There was a time when I was so low in my life, I couldn't even hear my mother's voice anymore. That's a sad place to be that you don't even know your mother loves you anymore when you had a mother like mine. But, and here she was from heaven trying to holler at me. <laughs> so you got to work on this. Yes or no, amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about or not? Call me kooky. I don't give a hoot. you got to have a great defense. you got to have a great offense. But we're not done. Here's what can make the best team. And this is what can win the game. And here it is. got to have an inspirational coach. You hear me or not? Tonight, you got two coaches on the field. The greatest coaches win the biggest games. Vince Lombardi, greatest coach of all time. They say they named the Super Bowl trophy after him. It's called the Lombardi Trophy. Of course, Roger's a great Ohio State fan, so he had to put Ohio State up there on the, on the thing tonight. So there's, you know, there's, there's your man there. There you go. There you go. Uh, but there's your coaches tonight. Okay? And... Uh, I just drew a blank. Read, 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 read. I know, I know, I know. I'm old. Okay, here we go. Andy Reid. Here's the interesting thing about Andy Reid. He coached Philadelphia for how many seasons? Nine seasons. Went to the Super Bowl with them, okay? But in Philly, if you don't win, they'll kick your tail out of town. They kicked him. He went, to, he went over to Kansas City, won a Super Bowl with them already. And now look at him tonight. He's facing his team that fired him. Wonder how much inspiration he's going to have tonight as he talks to his team. You think, oh, Andy might be lit up a little bit tonight, yes or no? But wait a minute, on the other side, you got this young Italian, Sirianni. And he doesn't know nothing like Andy Reid knows. This man has so much knowledge, he ain't even touched it. But you know what Sirianni might have tonight? Fire. He might have inspiration. He might, man, you have, and also he's young enough. He can actually take it and choke these players. He's young. Andy can't do none of that. I'm just saying, you've got to have an inspirational coach if you're going to win the game of your life. Guess who our coach is? Take a wild guess. His name is who? One more time. His name is who? Where's that in the Bible? Well, let's read the Scripture. Verse 1, we're compassed about with a great cloud of witness. Lay aside the sin that so easily besets you. 
and run that race with patience that's before you. Verse 2. Look to who? Look to who? Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He is my coach. I am not your coach. I'm an assistant. I work for the coach. Got it? You hear me? That's me. I'm assistant. He is the coach. You can win the game of your life because Jesus Christ is my coach. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my everything. He's at the right hand of God the Father right now where He makes intercession for me. He's not only the one who prays for me, He's also the judge. He flips seats and becomes the judge and calls me not guilty. He's my lawyer and He's my judge. He's my everything. we got the best coach. There is no excuse that you can't win the game of your life. Did you hear me? Look to Him. He's the author and the finisher. Who for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And now He's set down at the right hand of God. Consider Him. Consider Him. Consider your coach as you're going through life. Consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself. Lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Look to your coach. Get inspiration from your coach. Who is my coach? Who is my... What are you like, Jesus? What, you're my coach. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. This is my coach. And being found in fashion as a man, he what? He humbled himself. He became obedient unto death. A scandalous death he didn't need to die like Joel and the team sang. The scandal of grace. What a weird thing he would do for us sinners. Yes or no? This is our coach. You don't get a better coach than Jesus. Yes or no? Amen. Come on. He laid down his life obedient to death, the death of the cross. But watch verse 9. Wherefore God has highly exalted him. He's given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. In heaven, and of things in the earth, of things under the earth, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Stop saying you can't make it. Got it? Yes or no? And I'm going to be ugly. Stop whining. You don't understand what I've gone through. Stop saying that! Some of this crap has to go! If you want to win the game of your life. Oh, there's a lot of poor mouthing going on right now. And poor old me watching the ball game tonight. The Vikings are on the sidelines. I talked to some Cincinnati folk this morning. You know, they're still blaming it on the refs. And it was poorly, it was poorly officiated, I have to agree. My point is, guys, we have Jesus. I can make it through anything. Say that with me. I can make it through anything. Do I like it? No, I hate it. That's okay. He says, hate what I hate, son. But don't forget that crowd you got. You hear me? Don't forget who's watching you. They're not just watching you. They're cheering you on. Amen? So you can do it. So winning the game of my life. We're done with the message. What should we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you think if you think like that, you just might have a little bit better life? 
Yes or no, amen. How about this one? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? No. Nothing is going to separate me from Him. In all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors through Him who loved us. You might be here today. I, I just think out loud. It's what I do. You might think, oh, that Clark guy, he really, he really talking a lot about Jesus. Well, that's what you'll get next time you come. You hear me? Older I get, the more I'm going to talk about him more, okay? Because I'm going to be seeing him before too long. I ain't going to be seeing you after that, maybe. Except I'll be looking down going, you should have done Come on, man! Listen, no, I'm big on Jesus. Got it? He's my coach. And boy, does he ever kick my tail. It's what good coaches do. For I am persuaded that neither, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, say it with me, shall be able to separate us, me, from the love of God. And where is that at? Christ Jesus, my Lord. Done. Winning the game of my life. The players tonight will say, this is the biggest game of my life. It's not. The biggest game of those players that will be playing tonight is the game of their life. And that's our big game. As believers in Christ, we've got people cheering us on. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for His Word. Amen. We're done. Boom! Amen. I'm out of here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on. Stand on up with me if you don't mind. We, we like to end reverently. If you've got to go to work, I understand that. But uh, otherwise, let's, let's end in prayer. We try to really love the Lord here and do right, and we want to respect the Lord. Amen? So just hang in here with me. Okay? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Lord, I just thank you for the strength you give me. I'm wore out. But you bless me, Lord. I'm at my best when I talk about how we can make it. And when I focus on you, I'm at my best when I'm not trying to do it on my own. I'm at my best when I think about number 44. Wow. You tell us before number 58 ever came along, you said in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all our care upon you. Because you care for us. So Lord, I pray you'll burn this message into our heart. Help us to know we have a responsibility to forget some of the hard things in our past. And we've got to reach and live today. This is the only day we have. Help us to press into that kind of thinking. And Lord, help us to think more like you. When it comes to decision making, help us to make right choices. And Lord, help us to hate what you hate and to love what you love. And Lord, finally, thank you for being the greatest coach. Thank you for being the friend that sits closer than a brother. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. Lord, thank you for making intercession for us when we pray. Thank you, Lord, for writing our name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
Thank you, Lord, for preparing a place for us even now. You're a great coach. We fall at your feet because you're more than a coach. You're our Savior and you're our Lord. And we don't, we don't bow before anybody else, Lord. We bow before you because you're King of kings and you're Lord of lords. Help us as we live our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, with heads bowed, I never like to close a service without you having the opportunity to put your faith in Christ. You've been in church today. You've heard about Jesus today. You've heard Joel give a great, really clear as crystal reason why you should put your faith in Jesus Christ and not in church or in good works. You heard that today. But you have the freedom to leave here, get in your car, turn that key, and not make a decision to follow Christ. But I beg you not to do that. I beg you not to do that. I ask you to humble yourself today. Would you come to your senses and realize that your good works, no matter how good they might be, they can't ever be as good as God. And He didn't give His Son to die on a cross so you could come up some other way. It doesn't make sense, man. Would you humble yourself today and put your faith in Christ? You might not understand everything, but you need to believe God. You need to believe that God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And if you'd believe in Him, you'll have everlasting life. Can I lead you in a prayer? Just a simple prayer? Right where you are. not going to drag you up front. I ain't doing none of that. You know who's watching right now? That great cloud of witnesses. They're watching. I don't even think they're saying anything. They're just seeing what you're going to do. I bet they're praying. Would you put your faith in Christ today? Would you do that with me? Come on, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've done plenty wrong. I ask you to forgive me. And Jesus, I want you to know, I want you to know, from me to you, I want you to know. I don't understand everything, but best I know how. I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus, and not me, and not Pastor Gary, and not a church, nothing else. I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And I believe you love me. I believe I matter to you. I have value. I'm not a piece of garbage to you. Come into my life. Lord, live through me. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you, Christ. Help me, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed, not to embarrass you, but how many would say, Pastor Gary, I said that prayer with you today. I nailed that. I wanted to nail that, and I nailed that with you, sir. Can I see your hand? I did that today. I'm not ashamed to tell you I put my faith in Christ. I love that. I'm not ashamed of Him. God bless you. Appreciate y'all. Lord, thank you for an awesome morning. Thank you for a good time in the Word. Lord, I enjoyed it. I don't know if they did, but I pray you'll bless this message to our hearts. Help us have a great defense, a great offense, and thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the best coach anybody could ever have. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, let's thank the Lord for His Word. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Get out of here. See you later.
We were 